0: Hello, bonjour. Anne-Mariette Muller, President and CEO of the World Trade Center Winnipeg, and I'm joined here today by Joelle Foster, who's the CEO of North Forge Technology Exchange. Hello, Joelle. Welcome.
1: Good afternoon, Mariette.
0: So, Joelle and I, we're speaking today with Nate Kasten. Nate Kasten is the founder of Gray & Ivy. Welcome, Nate.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this.
0: So, Nate, why don't you start off by telling our our listeners uh, what exactly is Grain Ivy and what what is it all about?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I I was an architect, uh, or still am an architect, I should say, for the last uh, 15 or so years of practice. I I ran a firm uh, called F-Block Architecture for the last five years. And uh, during the pandemic, as everyone was working at home, i was looking for ways to sort of keep my kids busy uh and to get their minds off of all this that was going on so we decided to design and build a playhouse together but uh instead of designing and building it myself i figured i would get them to design and build it so that it would keep them busy and they could uh, learn the process they could use their creative energy and all that so gray and ivy basically spawned from that uh scenario which uh, is the idea of simplifying architecture and design tools, bringing them together with Indigenous land teachings and knowledge, and really creating this platform for career awareness and education that allows Indigenous youth and and really all youth to be able to design and build their own, um, well, tiny house. And that leads to opportunities for economic development, for uh, career development, and for um, you name it opportunities to sort of express yourself creatively. So you had mentioned uh, that you would like to start releasing this project in rural
0: Manitoba and up north and I would love to hear why this is so important to you.
1: Uh, We as architects we worked um, rather often with rural communities and indigenous communities in particular because of our interest in working collaboratively and our sort of connection, or want for connection to land and people. And what we realized very acutely was that there's this massive disconnect between uh, what was being presented in uh, requests for proposals, what was being presented from the government and what communities themselves wanted and or had the capacity to build and maintain. Um, So that really was always stuck in my mind as knowing that there was there shouldn't be this disparity in uh, in Canada in 2020 and that in particular indigenous communities were faced with a whole series of crises that may or may not be faced by a large majority of canadians and that was something that needed to be resolved and i really felt that when we started gray and ivy that the opportunity to bring this to all youth was very important to me but that all youth uh, or many youth in Uh, particularly urban settings, still had more opportunities than those in the rural settings. So we decided that we would focus on that and hope we could make a difference in that uh, market and in those communities and really move from there. So try to really advance and uh, create opportunities for uh, a a generation or or many generations to come that, uh, that may not have had similar opportunities to those in urban environments. This is so relevant to, um, you know, what we need right now and what Indigenous youth need right now. And this this brings up the truth and reconciliation call to action number 92. Can you um, kind of elaborate on why this CTA is so important to you? Absolutely. So I'm not an Indigenous person, and uh, but we've worked with Indigenous uh, communities and people quite often. And Again, what I sort of realized is that my beliefs and sort of what I'd come up with in my life seem to resonate quite a bit with the the sort of the um, the essence of storytelling and the essence of community and connection to land and place. And there was always this in the in the truth and reconciliation uh, calls to action, the call for the you know the business world to step up and make a difference. Was really important to me because I have a firm belief in economics and business as a, a way to make change. So although we are a socially driven company and we have very strong intentions of making change, uh, I believe in economics as the best way to do that. And in doing so, that creates an opportunity to, uh, to really advance the ideas of, uh, CTA 92. And like it says in there, create equitable access to jobs, training and education and opportunities. That's sort of front and center in our world. And I believe that those opportunities should be provided equally to all people, uh, and all, all Canadians. Um, and right now they aren't, uh, so I feel like it's, uh, the responsibility of the business community to take charge.
0: I think we have, we need more Nate Castens around. I mean, your philosophy behind this is, uh, <laughs> Very oh, inspiring, <laughs> really inspiring, Nate. So we'll see a whole bunch of little Nate Castins running around Winnipeg soon, I hope. <laughs> but, I hope so. <laughs> but seriously, on this, um, where do you see yourself? Like, ideally, in, in, in five years, let's say, um, what would Green Ivy look like? What would other maybe products or, or other approaches look like for you in your mind, Nate?
1: I really have a vision of bringing this uh, I kind of reference McDonald's uh, a lot as uh, uh, this kind of ability to spread something kind of universally throughout uh, um, a market or an environment and really bring sort of knowledge centers and uh, transportable technology and maker spaces to communities so that instead of sort of developing just a, a piece of software that's um, deployed to communities, we actually go in work with communities themselves to develop these knowledge centers that allow these communities to uh, teach their teachings, their communities' um, beliefs, you know, the connection to uh, land, fishing, hunting, um, trapping, all these things, and and sort of the cultural beliefs that exist in such a strong way in in these communities, bring those into uh, these centers that really allow the, the software and the curriculum platform to be brought to as many people as possible and really create this avenue to spread this ability to to basically be innovative. Because at the end of this, that's what we're doing. We're extracting the creative process from youth and allowing them and giving them the tools to be creative on their own. So you can imagine that how many businesses could start from that, how many Uh, innovative products or solutions to problems could come from that knowledge and ability to be creative. So that's really my hope, is that we as a company are able to be and generate enough sort of capital to make this into something both locally, uh, throughout Canada, and hopefully eventually throughout the world, where people can access that creative process and really bring what I believe to be the the world's most uh, valuable natural resource, which is human creativity, and innovation, and the only way to get more of that is to give the tools and the opportunities to those who don't currently have them.
0: Yeah, no, I'm listening to you, and you're so right about this importance of extracting creativity and innovation. I mean, this is how we move forward as a society. That's how we move forward as in the economic world. And and on that, like we work a lot with with North Forge. I don't know if you were able to get some of the support from North Forge. I mean, they're all about our innovation hub. So if you can sure. speak on that a little bit, Nate, I'd love to hear from that.
1: Absolutely. So I'm, I'm currently part of the uh, the founders program in the ascent stage of North Forge and North Forge has been an absolutely amazing supporter of this from sort of the moment I, I first had a call with them uh, to, to getting me into the room with, with very smart people and people who have done things similar in the past. Um, and also before all that, just access to their um, their innovation labs and their tools uh, is a really great resource to be able to, to know that something like that is available. So you have CNC machines, laser cutters, uh, traditional woodworking tools and metal tools all at your fingertips. And that really is the way to make something real is to have those tools available. And that's part of what really what we want to do is is all these tools exist in factories, they exist in, uh, warehouses. They exist almost everywhere, but they're behind the veil of, um, you know, proprietary information or systems. But the reality is that that's our future. And if we can bring kids and youth and make them aware of these tools and know how to use them in combination with that creative process, then they can really be the creative leaders of the future. And North Forge really has their, their uh, finger on the pulse of all of that. So with them and in combination with groups like, yes, Winnipeg, University of Manitoba, uh, MITT, uh, uh, I'm doing a residency with Autodesk as well. All of these groups and these abilities for us on the private sector to connect dots that may not have been connected in the past really gives us uh, an opportunity to make change. And I do really feel that North Forge is a major piece of that puzzle.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really happy you mentioned all this, Nate, uh, not only because I think it's important for people to know about it, but it also, you gave specific examples of the kind of help that's out there and, and actual tools that are out there, not just tools, uh, marketing plans, but uh, physical tools. And I think that's really important for people to know how they can access that. I love your vision. I love this McDonald's vision. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of, of stuff that we need to have more of, and uh, I want to wish you the best of success, Nate, moving forward. And so thank you for taking the time to speak to Joelle and I today. Thank you very much and, and best of success.
1: Thank you. I, uh, I really enjoyed it.